Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This Monday, you're listening to the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Happy to have you along on a victorious Monday. Sweep. Southern Miss baseball gets over Charlotte on the road. Uh, M Club banquet in the, this past weekend. Some high school news to tell you about um, coming up. All that a, a little later in the show. First segment of the Eagle Hour every day brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue. The Eagle Hour gives uh, that place two thumbs up. Some of the best barbecue in the world. Maybe you're going to do a, an Easter egg hunt uh, this weekend as it's uh, Holy Week. Uh, it's now Monday, and maybe you're going to have some family in. Dickie's uh, can cater some of those meals for you, or just go into your local Dickie's and. Get some of that free ice cream. All right, the Golden Eagles, uh, perfect last week, 4-0. Get a 10-7 win over Ole Miss and then sweep Charlotte. On the road, RPI up to 11, 11 in D1 baseball, uh, 14th in uh, Baseball America. And none of that means anything uh, to uh, the man that now joins us, the skipper of the Golden Eagles, Southern Miss head baseball coach Scott Barry. Coach, really the only thing that matters to you is four wins last week, right? That's exactly right. We just try to stay in our lane and uh, just try to go out and compete and win baseball games and everything outside of that is really out of our control. And that's the mindset that I hope that our, our players have and continue to have as we navigate our way through this season. A lot to uh, to get to and, and kind of just take Bob's template, want to walk through the series with you. Do just want to get you to comment uh, on, on Ole Miss real quick. I, uh, you said a lot about that game, uh, how resilient the Eagles were, but something that really stood out to me, you said, man, you know, in over 20 years of being associated with Southern Miss baseball, that was uh, one of the, the proudest wins you've been a part of for an Eagle club. Well, it really was because this, this is a, just a special group. There's outstanding leadership on this club, and I could tell – there early on, even when we fell behind three to nothing, uh, when Dernhurst hit the three run homer back in the second inning, that these guys believed they were going to win this baseball game. Of course, we went up six to three and, and then, uh, you know, had a bad inning there late. I believe it was in the, uh, about the, uh, eighth inning, uh, or seventh inning. Uh, they scored four runs and took the lead, but these guys were determined to get it done. And that's exactly what they did off from, uh, off from a big four-run eighth inning, uh, big three-run homer by Danny Lynch, and then, of course, stellar pitching from Garrett Ramsey and Landon Harper to go ahead and preserve that win. So uh, Eagles get the get the win uh, and now have the midweek wins over Mississippi State and Ole Miss. will play Ole Miss on May the 11th. All right, Coach, you take a trip up to Charlotte and, uh, you know, a team that uh, we, we kind of call said this on Friday, Eagles can't take a nap on Charlotte, especially on the road, and and they didn't. Let's talk about Friday's game first. Charlotte kind of had an interesting um, strategy for pitching. Uh, Geisting, who's a good lefty, he came on and struck out 11. They didn't start him. They started a a reliever to kind of alleviate pressure on the bullpen, and and it worked if it weren't for an early Slade Wilkes home run. 
Well, you're exactly right. Kind of threw us for a curveball. Uh, in all honesty, whenever they announced that, we were certainly looking for the lefty to start. But, you know, Slade put a good swing on it. Uh, I don't think his was windblown at all. Theirs was, uh, you know, that their only run they scored. Of course, that was a two-to-one ball game, and it was decided by great pitching by, by Tanner. And uh, and land and Landon once again factored in, but but Dalton Rogers showed up big in that. But Tanner Hall, you know, our Friday night guy has been nothing but just great. And gives you a chance to win, covering seven innings, gave up seven hits, one run, one earned, and nine strikeouts and two walks. But you know that was a game, honestly, that was defined by pitching, great defense on our part, and a, a spectacular base running play by Dusty Dickerson to catch them sleeping and go from second to third and then Sarge with a two strike sacrifice RBI uh, fly ball to center field and that was that was the winning run right there and that happened in the sixth and our then our defense and pitching took over from there. You talk about the little things and it was Dickerson's uh, you know approach and what he did there that that was the reason you guys won. All right, we go to uh to Saturday, uh, Hunter Riggins strikes out seven over six and two thirds. Got into a little trouble, uh, but the bats uh, were, were good, eight to two. And just talk about Wilkes again, three for five. Uh, Gabe uh, he got a big hit there, and then Peto two for four in the leadoff. Yeah, you know, Riggs been covering that that Saturday uh, slot for us very well. Just goes out and pitches. You know, he doesn't strike out the people that. That that Hall and and Walter do, but you know you got to play defense behind him. And you know if we don't have one defensive miscue there in the seventh, uh, they may not they may not score a run. And uh, but that came that came at a, at a time where you know uh, they were needing a little bit of momentum. But back in the fifth inning, you know we had four doubles, three of those consecutive doubles that really allowed us to score those three runs. And then in the sixth inning, we took advantage of the walks and the hit by batters. To, to plate runs. We had a couple of uh, bases loaded walks that plated RBI. So there was all kinds of scenarios in that game that enabled us to uh, to win and, and win convincingly 8-2. to two. Coach, I just wanted to you – know, you mentioned about uh, having to play defense behind him. It's an, interest, it's an interesting notion that lots of times when you have pitchers that continue to strike guys out, if you're not careful, your defense can get lulled to sleep, not just yours but anybody's. Well, it sure can, and uh, you know the same thing can happen on the on the flip side of that. If you have pitching staffs that walk everybody, you'll get people on their heels. You'll get them frustrated. But you know the scenario, obviously, with me is uh, you know if we can strike everybody out, I'd say do it. That way, you don't have to handle the ball other than the catcher. <laughs> but you know you got a guy like Riggins that's a ground ball guy, and and he's you know his velocity isn't what Hurston's is, and and he's going to hit the bats, and that's what we want to do. But the bats aren't going to hit him hard most of the time, and it's going to be the routine play that we have to make uh, behind him. Big, uh, big moment. When, and as you, as a coach, you see uh, your your catcher Blake Johnson, who's fought injury, then he gets that big two run double. Coach, um, how uh, how big was that for you and well, for the team to see that? Well, it was it was really big because you know, and let me tell you something, Rodrigo Montenegro. 
outstanding job. He had to catch 20 straight games after after Blake broke that handmate bone in his hand back on the fifth game of the year. And what a grind that Rodrigo uh, had to take through that 20 games. But now we have that insurance. We're back to that two-man catching uh, that we can utilize, and we don't have to, you know, continue to say our prayers for for Gabe and or I'm sorry, not Gabe, but but Rodrigo to stay healthy. We've got we've got two catchers now that are healthy, which is going to be really important as we move down the stretch. So you get the series win on Saturday, and uh, we joked uh, last week. You said, "Oh, we don't fly out till nine o'clock. We got all day in the world on Sunday." Coach, you uh, you you used up almost all the minutes allotted for uh, for what we had planned on Sunday yesterday. Well, half of them were in replays. You know, just sitting around <laughs> waiting for them, but. No, you know, that was a great test for us. You know, you can get complacent after you win a series, uh, you know, on the first two games, and you hope that your guys look at the big picture of things, and, and some teams do and some don't. You, you think the mature teams seem to understand the goal and, and the opportunity that's been created. And yesterday we we didn't probably swing it as well as, as we could have. We didn't play as well defensively. You know, we had two errors in that one inning. I mean, Hurston's thrown a no-hitter and they've got two runs. And I'm going, how in the world does that happen? But but it did happen. And and another thing that happened was is that we had a, a, a several turn of emotions in that game that did not go our way. It wasn't good emotions on our side. It was calls that were reversed. It was a lot of standing around waiting for replays to be decided. Uh, that didn't go in our favor. You know, even in the twelfth inning when we thought we won the baseball game and it gets overturned. Now we've got a tie game and they still have an out to go and they've got the bases loaded. They're three hole hitter. Uh, Fisher, he just hits a line drive to right center. Pato makes a great catch to preserve the tie game where it was and enable us to go into 13th where Will McGillis gets a change up up in the zone and, and we take the lead and then we go right back out three up, three down behind Garrett Ramsey. Uh, and so that was a big win that I feel like is going to really prove big for us down the stretch. Coach, about 45 seconds left in this segment. We'll get to on the flip side of the commercial break a lot of those questions people asking about replay, not the call per se, but just how it's how it's set up. But just go back to that, you know, big guys uh, deliver it at big moments. That's what Will McGillis did. And, uh, you know, down down in that order right now, he's batting now up to 290, 27 RBIs, 25 runs on the year. It just kind of epitomizes what a captain should do in that situation. Well, you're right. I mean, he's one of those guys that has been in our program for a while. He's, he's had a lot of success. He's seen our team have success. He's been in big regionals and big games. So, you know, all those play in the development, both the mental side and the physical side as these kids get older and, and you see their games improve. And I think that's exactly what you're looking at with Will. His game continues to improve. And not just on the offensive side, but, man, he made some great plays over there uh, defensively as well including one of those that was overturned. Hey, we'll talk about the replays. Kelly's got some questions for Coach Barry and the look ahead for this week. We're visiting with Southern Miss head baseball coach Scott Barry on the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bancor Studios. Continue after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on this Monday. Second segment brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark. They're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, just across Hardy Street from Southern Miss. You can always shop online 24-7 and have all your Southern Miss swag shipped right to your house. Campus Bookmark. Net. Luke, Kelly, and Michael from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We continue with Scott Berry, head coach of the Golden Eagles, as he graciously visits with us every Monday. All right, Coach, uh, kind of uh, we, we get to sweep, but kind of the big question yesterday, and and uh, I don't even think any of us could t- say whether especially the 12th was a good call or not because on the replay you can't even see the foot or the back. But I, I guess start with those two replays from a coach's perspective – one takes it entirely too long, um, 10 minutes. They get two runs off of that. And then in the bottom of, of the 12th, you guys get out of it. The, the question Southern Miss fans are asking is, is that a park for for park deal? Is that a team-by-team team deal? Or is that just Charlotte did their own thing with the replay? Who can avail themselves to replay across the conference? Well, anybody can. Uh, you know, it was uh, we as coaches wanted it voted in to have replay uh, just kind of stay up with some other leagues that that have it have voted it in, but um, it was it was turned down by uh, by the higher ups that we wouldn't do it a league across the league. Well, then we as coaches um, discussed about well, were we were we for if if somebody had it and somebody didn't have it, would we want to use it? And we were all in agreement if we have it. We want you to use it because we, at the end of the day, we want to try to get the game and the calls right. And right. Uh, so we all voted for if if somebody had the ability to use it and utilize it and install it, then then do it. And uh, just so happens, I mean, that's the only one in the league that I know of that has it. And I was kind of when in shock when we on Friday when um, their coach said, "Now we have replay," and he discussed how it was. It's going to be. It's all linked to ESPN Plus, and they have a laptop down there that's uh, linked into that, and it's on a big screen TV, and they're hitting cages, indoor hitting cages, that the umpires will go down and and review if there's any challenges. So the one call, which was the force out at second base that the second base umpire called out was overturned after what seemed like twenty minutes. You said it was ten. 10 I didn't sir. know how I didn't know how long it was. I know it was forever, it seemed like. And so obviously I'm thinking the longer that this thing goes, they can't overturn it because non conclusive evidence would present itself as, you know, I can't I can't tell. You know, we gotta stay with the call. I mean it's gotta be undisputable evidence. And so, of course, their explanation to me for being in there for so long is that they were having iTech problems linking up to the um, ESPN Plus. So, as a result, we suffer from that. Um, and not only do we suffer that the call was overturned, I'm not seeing what they're seeing. I mean, we don't get to go in there. So, I, you know, and of course, when, when they come back with their decision, that's final. I mean, there's no arguing. There's nothing. I mean, supposedly the evidence shows that the call, whatever it was, uh, they see it and, and they make the, uh, the the proper call from that point on. So 
it wasn't until we were coming home that I saw the ESPN Plus uh, on Twitter where people were saying, you can't even see first base bag. And so after that call, I was really shocked because Sarge said he thought for sure he was out. And so when we got back and I asked the third base umpire, I was like, what are you, I mean, what did you see? What did you see to overturn that? He said, well, he, he was clearly out, Scott. He was clearly out. And I was like, well, I just don't believe it, man. I just don't believe he was clearly out with that. And and then, of course, when I saw it on Twitter, and if that is the same thing that they're seeing, which it has to be because it's ESPN Plus, that was the feed, there's no way. You're guessing on that play because yep. you cannot see the foot hit the bag. You can see the ball in the glove, but you can't see Murphy, the runner's foot, hitting the bag. So, therefore, you can't overturn that in my mind. Yeah, and replay it was one of those things that at any level, it's in theory, it's a good idea if it can just be perfected. You know, that, that's, right. that's where they have to go from here. Coach Barry, I wonder, we, we talked a little bit early. Bob Getty and I talked the, before the season started that we really thought Slade Wilkes was going to have a good year. So far, he has delivered. But I thought you've made a very interesting point that, that part of the progression that Slade Wilkes has made, you really have to attribute to Charlie Fisher in pushing Slade to become what he has become. Can you fill in some blanks there? I think that's a fascinating point. Well, let me tell you something. They are best friends. I mean, I see them working together because they are they both mirror one another and what they do and what their roles are, in all honesty. And they're both hit from the left side. So when they're hitting BP, whether it's during practice or extra work after or before practice, I mean those two are together and they are they are problem solving, they're talking about hitting. So it is a unique relationship there. You know, it's the old guy really kind of mentoring the younger guy who's really kind of taking his job. But right. the old but the older guy is is willing to continue just to help the younger guy get better and better and help his team win. And I have to t- and I have to tell you from from covering high school baseball and seeing travel baseball throughout the years, I salute Charlie Fisher because let me tell you listeners you don't see guys like that much anymore. You don't see the older guys that are willing to help the younger guys up. And I, man, I just, I can't salute Charlie Fisher enough for that. Well, I agree 100%, Kelly. I mean, he, he needs to be commended for that because that is a tough, tough thing to do. Everybody wants to play. Sure. And baseball is, and baseball is a short window in your life if you're a baseball player. I mean, it's here and gone. There's, there's not many years at this level that you get to play and beyond. So, you know, that time not being on the field, you know, you can have your attitude go one or two ways. It can be good or it can be bad. And thankfully, Charlie's is very good. Now, I know that I know that you like to keep a routine, but because it is Holy Week and Easter this weekend, the, the this next series, FIU series, is, is kind of moved around a little bit. How does that affect your, your work schedule this week? Well, we're off today, um, and, and then we play Southeastern tomorrow night, and then we we fly back out um, Wednesday evening for Miami, and we won't get there in time to practice. So today is our off day because you can't take a travel day off for practice. So, uh, you know, we probably need a day off anyway. There's going to be several of them that do work on their own. That's just how committed this team is. Uh, that's one thing about it. They police themselves. They take care of business. They they know there's a business side to what we're doing, and and, and we have to do it in order to be prepared for that next opportunity. So 
Um, but that that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the schedule. Of course, this this week is moved up a day, so our 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 uh, series will be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we'll all have a chance to to be back home to go to. Uh, to Sunday service uh, at, at, at on Sunday morning. And coach, final question before I before I turn you back to Luke. One of the intangibles that goes together in any sports team, not just baseball, that really is underestimated many times, in my opinion. And you hear the term all the time: chemistry. You can have great players. It doesn't necessarily turn into wins if there's a cancer here or there on the team. But you love the chemistry of this team. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I draw, I draw attention to it before every game, and I, I, we talk about the leadership and where we are, and the love for one another, and and I see it, man. They, they're pulling for one another; they're not pulling against and those that aren't in the lineup and, and haven't been in the lineup for a long time. Their body language is good. I mean, they're ready for the opportunity, and uh, so we use some examples of of past. Times where you know I, I like to talk a lot of times about that national championship at Alabama when Jalen Hurts, you know, he doesn't at halftime. Saban makes a decision to go with the the freshman, uh, but he went with the freshman because the freshman never wavered from his preparation all season long for the opportunity to help Alabama win a national championship, and he he never missed a a a, a film session. He took every rep like it was a game rep. And never gave Saban a reason not to put him in there in the biggest game of the year. And, and I hope that our guys, they, they draw from that example and apply to themselves in the worst of times when they're not playing. But understand that this is about team and it's about each person being ready when the, when the time is, is called for their name. Coach, uh, final question. Um, how do you keep these guys on edge, relaxed, but – not looking at the numbers that we talked about as you're a top 11 team in the country right now your rpi is that high you got to go out and you got to play southeastern louisiana tomorrow what's the balance in all that just try to stay in our lane luke you know i haven't looked at rpi since 2015 i don't look at rankings uh obviously i do care about them i mean we introduced the show earlier what we were but i purposely do not look at any of that stuff uh, just because i know that uh, it, it, it doesn't define exactly who we are. Uh, it, what defines who we are is how we go out and play the next game and, and how we how we approach it. And I don't want our guys to get caught up in that. And it, it can be a very, very serious trap that you can fall into. We've seen it. I mean, you can see it with some teams that are around us, you know, right. earlier in the year. So, you know, just I, I – I like to tell them in the pregame speech that, you know, we enjoy watching them play. Game days are your days. Practice days are ours. Go out and entertain, have fun, and play the game of baseball. And that's that's what we want to do as coaches. We want to sit back and watch you go play. Well, Coach, we enjoy watching you and your guys play. So uh, get after them this week. We'll talk to you next week. Well, look, condolences to Bob Getty and his family on the passing of his mother. I know she was an avid USM baseball listener, and she loved listening to baseball games. So we'll miss her dearly, and uh, and we're we're sorry for Bob's loss. Thanks, Coach. Have a great day. You bet. Thank you, Scott Barry. Eagle Hour continues right after this. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. 
Raining in the Hattiesburg area. I hope it is, uh, the sun is shining where you are. But this third segment on Monday's Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 995 Blue Plate Lunch. Huge portions. And if you're a big guy like me, you appreciate those uh, portions. And it also, you don't have to worry about how much they charge you for a drink. Because, you know, a lot of places will go and go, oh, that's, that's reasonable, but then the drink costs you six bucks, right? Well, the nine ninety five plate lunch includes the soft drink, which is a, is a rarity. And they've always got the big screen TVs uh, going on, had the Masters this weekend, Southern Miss at Charlotte. A lot of Southern Miss fans always hanging out at 4th Street Bar and Grill in the shadow of the rock on uh, 4th Street, right over the Highway 49 bridge. As this segment continues, uh, Coach Barry was going into the commercial break. And I don't think you heard the rest of his comments, but but the reason Bob Getty has not been here the past three or four days, and we wanted to tell you that uh, that his mother passed away late uh, last week. Her you know her health had been you know on again off again kind of thing. But um, but Bob is definitely the skipper of this team. He is our coach, and uh, when he hurts, we all hurt. And so our condolences to the the Getty family. They're doing a, a private uh, family because a lot of people have asked about those that knew asked about services and whatnot. But private family service, and we hope that uh, that uh, Bob will be back with us soon, but only when he's ready to. Okay, the Mississippi High School Activities Association last week, Luke Johnson made an executive decision that they will add a seventh class to all high school sporting events beginning this next academic year. This is a Southern Miss show. It's, it's primarily a college show, but I think it, this certainly is worth mentioning. Public high schools in Mississippi are getting fewer in number as there are many school districts, Marion County, for example, contemplating consolidation. It's not the first time that you've heard schools consolidating. So as schools become fewer and fewer, Now we have more and more classifications. So there will be a 7A classification added to the 6A and 5A. Now 4A on down, you're excused from this discussion because really nothing changes much for you. But by adding a 7th division, a 7A division, and this is the way the MHSAA sold it to the general public. All right, instead of having 32 teams at the 7A, 6A level, There will only be 24 teams, which if you break it into a North division and a South division, which is what they do, there will be 12 teams is all in the North, 12 teams in the South. So if you win a North state championship or a South state championship, let's just use football as an example. All you have to do is beat 11 other teams. Problem number one, in my view. Problem number two is the way the playoffs are set up, only four teams are not going to make the playoffs. Only four. So you know where I'm going with this, is that the next evolution of this rule change will be, well, if there's only four not making the playoffs, let's just go ahead and let everybody make the playoffs. That's problem number two, in my view. Problem number three, in my view, we'll use Madison Central and Oak Grove for example, in this case. Now, your district goes from eight teams in the division to just six teams in the division, which means you only have five district games. So if you are Madison Central or Oak Grove, who are two preeminent powers in what used to be 6A, soon to be 7A football, who's going to want to play you 
in a non-district game. Who's going to want to put their starters necks on the line when they're playing great teams like Oak Grove and Madison Central? When chances are they're going to get their brains beat out. So Madison Central and Oak Grove in particular, in this example, are going to have a real hard time scheduling non-district games because of this mess. But here's the biggest problem I have with it, is the every time you add a classification in any sport, you're adding more and more money that the MHSAA is allowed to take. Because by adding another classification, their playoffs, they get 30% right off the, right off the top. 30%. All right, so by adding more playoffs... That's fat- for expenses. Right. You're fattening the coffers of the MHSAA, which a lot, none of them up there are starving. Okay? We don't know specifically the salaries, but they're, they're pretty, pretty good. Pretty healthy salaries for just providing games for kids to play. And the biggest problem of all is that several sources have told us that principals were asked, principals of the different schools were asked a couple of weeks ago to quote unquote vote on this. Some of the principals hadn't even turned in their ballots. And the executive committee went into closed session a couple of weeks ago and arbitrarily made this decision. It's, it's another example of the dumbing down of sports to where everybody's going to get a trophy, everybody's going to make the playoffs, you're going to have teams that are 1-10 making the playoffs, or 1-9, whatever. I think it's a horrible decision. I don't have any kids in school, so I, can, you know, I, I don't have any skin in this game. I think it's a, just a horrible, horrible decision on part of the MHSAA. There's a document that's floating around on social media, and it basically has, based off enrollment, the breakdown of the 7A, 6A, 5A. So here's another problem you have. So around here, and you can apply it to Hattiesburg as well, around here we just got a new region in football where West Jones, South Jones, Laurel, and Wayne County and Hattiesburg were all together, which is – Pretty good football at any level, especially the last few years, right? Right. Based off these breakdown now, it's only West Jones and Hattiesburg that move up. Wayne County, Laurel, South Jones will all be 5A. Go to the Hattiesburg area. Petal stays in 6A. Oak Grove moves up to 7A. So those teams, unless they you know figured out, those teams aren't going to play each other. They don't have to. They don't have to. And so what it does is two, two things out of that. It's going to take away rivalries of games that matter because, I mean, West Jones-Wayne County, it mattered this past year, and you could tell it when you watched the game. It always matters, but this year regions and playoffs were on the line when you had that game. The other aspect to it, I'm looking at the 6A, West Jones and Hattiesburg and Pedal. You've got those, right? Then you've got coast teams. You don't have anybody in the middle. Pearl River Central's right in there. It's going to cost teams more. It's going to cost the school districts more to travel. Natchez is in there. And knowing the MHSAA, they're going to stick Natchez in, you know, with West Jones again. So it seems as if, you know, more money goes to Jackson, more money goes out of the school districts because they're going to have to pay for more gas and more travel. That trickles its way down to mom and dad and sister and brother and grandmother and granddaddy that want to watch kids play. And one of the officials of a school that played for a state championship and won a state championship last year said, told me, that after crunching the numbers, they actually lost money. 
They lost money winning a state championship game at the Rock because of the, the fees that the MHSAA charges and they have to pay this out, they have to pay that out, and only then do the schools get any money. And to the officials of the MHSAA, look, they sell it like, well, more kids are going to get to make the playoffs. It's the soccer mom mentality. But look, everything, and come on, let's just lay it out there. Everything is about money. By you adding another classification, it means more playoff games, which means more 30% right off the top. And I don't know. I, I just don't know what's, how much more schools are going to take. And again, I don't have any skin in the game, but I, I just... It just, it's beyond me as to why that decision was made. And if you're Oak Grove, one other point, Oak Grove, okay, goes, let's just use Oak Grove right down the road here. 7A, the only way they're going to get any district, they're going to have to go to the coast every single week. Now, obviously, some coast teams will have to come to Oak Grove, but Oak Grove is a big loser in this deal because the only other 7A teams are going to be down on the coast. So every road game that Oak Grove plays is going to be on the coast. You got Meridian. Um, I'm looking within like you know 60, 70 miles. You got you got Meridian. Keep going. <laughs> Biloxi, Gulfport, St. Martin, Harrison Saint Central, Martin. West Harrison maybe. I don't West know. West Harrison stayed six A. Okay. And then you've got you know a couple Jackson schools like Clinton and Terry and Madison Central. Yeah. All right. Remaining uh, time in this segment, uh, we we didn't want to. We, we kind of want to talk about it next week with Coach Barry, but we do want to recognize that he would have deflected had we brought it up. But with the win yesterday, the six-five extra winning in uh, win over Charlotte, Scott Barry is now tied Corky Palmer with all-time uh, victories uh, wins as a Southern Miss head baseball coach. Yesterday was win number four fifty-eight for Scott Barry, who took over coaching the Golden Eagles in 2010. The record is with our good buddy Hill Denson. And, Kelly, it's only 10 more wins, 468 to tie, Coach, and only 11 more wins for Coach Barry to surpass Hill Denson. That is what type of year it is, Golden Eagle-wise, not just their performance on the field, but historic coaching going on as well. And it's certainly not unreasonable that he would get those wins this year. You know, and and one of the things I want to talk about, Luke, on the other side of the break is to get your view. This team now, you have to put them in the discussion as being the best baseball team ever at Southern Miss. Hasn't been to a regional yet, none of that sort of stuff, but just based on the performance so far, the things they've been able to do that some recent Southern Miss teams have not been able to do in the past. Is this team in the discussion for the best overall? We'll talk about that and have more stuff as a Monday Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment today brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Great instruction. Great pro shop. Great facilities. All at D-Bat and D-1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. Kelly, Luke, and Michael wrapping up this uh, Monday. Golden Eagle Baseball gets a sweep over the weekend. 
And uh, it was also a good weekend for uh, beach volleyball. They go 3-1, and one, defeating Spring Hill, Central Arkansas, and Monroe, falling to Tulane 3-2 to two yesterday. But Lady Eagles had a rough start. They've improved now to 10-19. and 19. On the year, women's tennis blanks Alabama State on the road in Montgomery yesterday. They uh, win four matches to none and will take on New Orleans on the road on Wednesday. Men's tennis for the second straight week- weekend was was uh, hosting New Orleans yesterday. That match is postponed. Not sure if they're going to be able to make it up or not uh, because the Conference USA Championships are in Northfolk, Virginia, coming up on April 22nd. Hey, softball got a series win. Take two out of three. They were literally just beyond the fence from where the baseball was playing at Charlotte. But the Golden Eagles uh, improved to 23-16. and 16. Um, Yesterday, Morgan Leinstock pitched her 18th complete game of the season. And then our uh, our guest Friday, the men's golf team, up uh, today and tomorrow at the Mossy Oak Collegiate, Mossy Oak Golf Course in West Point. Eagles uh, facing this weather pretty pretty tough right now, 12 over as a team right now. Still on the course and uh, looking to uh, improve throughout the day. Kelly in the uh, Eagle Hour Masters Invitational, uh, Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters, his first uh, major. And so Team Getty wins with a combined score of negative five. Two out of your three didn't make the cut. Tiger didn't do me well Saturday and Sunday with uh, 278s. So uh, it doesn't really even matter what you and me did. Team Getty wins. And Bob had, I, you know, I, I, man, I just don't understand. I had Brooks Kepka. That guy wins just about everything else. But, the, but there must be something about that Masters course that just gives him fits because uh, – he he really was yeah he wasn't in the discussion at all all weekend long man that guy can play you know but Scheffler man I don't think anybody can beat that guy Dude, right he now was, that Tiger I think Tiger said you you want the windows where you're playing your best to be when majors are and that's what Scotty's doing hey real quick uh, Middle Tennessee takes uh, two out of three from Marshall. Western Kentucky takes two out of three against FIU UAB two out of three at FAU Tech sweeps Rice. Southern Miss, of course, swept Charlotte. And then UTSA took two out of three on the road at Old Dominion. That surprised me a little bit. Uh, Old Dominion, I think, would have to be the biggest disappointment so far. Um, if, if you had, I mean, it's a dubious category to be in. But I think they've been the biggest disappointment based on projections and where they were supposed to be. And honestly, on the flip side, I think you at UTSA would probably have to be among the most surprising. What say you? Yeah, I mean, they are up right now. So, uh, Conference USA, Kelly, has five teams inside the top 100 in RPI. UTSA now at 50. Tech at 35. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Golden Eagles at 11. And, of course, UTSA is also bailing uh, out of Conference USA. So a lot of these teams that we're talking about are are going to be history. It'll be very, very soon that the term Conference USA will go the way of the Buffalo. And, boy, can you see all Southern Miss fans crying right now, Luke? And you think they'll have a 10-minute review? <laughs> <laughs> that was something, wasn't it? I mean, look, I get it. I get that you want review, but it, it's got to be twerked, tweaked, whatever. Uh, because yeah, it doesn't have to be twerked. That would that would add some real problems. <laughs> to you uh, you mentioned before we went to break about you know this team and, and kind of where they stand. Yeah, don't you? In think? recent history, the you know the 2017 team hosted and won 50 games. They did lose to Alabama. Uh, they beat Tulane. They lost two out of three. On the road at uh, Lafayette, they swept Tech, beat Mississippi State, beat South Alabama, lost to Ole Miss in uh, in extras, lost to Ole Miss again, lost to Tulane, 
lost two out of three to Old Dominion, and then basically won everything else. So there are similarities, and uh, of course, everybody, nobody wants to go back and relive uh, Monday night, June the June the fifth. The, the the World Series team not not comparable because they got hot late. So I mean I think there is something to be said so far. Yeah. That this is one of the and and so far needs to be capitalized because as we've talked about everybody has for for all purpose other than Anderson's injury behind the plate uh, the team has stayed healthy and in any Johnson's. sport yeah I'm sorry what did I say Anderson Johnson yeah. Um, that's that's the key to any sport at any level, right? Is making sure that everybody stays healthy. And knock on wood, that's been the case so far for Southern Miss. And and I look again. I've covered a few baseball games over the years. This pitching staff, I don't. I think I think you can't even argue that top to bottom, this pitching staff has been the best one ever assembled and the I, best I performing think, staff. I think I think you're exactly right. And it's because you got a bunch of bunch of young guns. Um, the the key to it is. Is those guys like we talked about the the vets? You can know that you're good, and yet scrap and claw and fight for every pitch, every run. And you know, a guy like Dustin Dickerson winning a game for you on the bases, um, like he did, you know, Friday. That's what it's going to take for this team to continue to do it. And so I hope- we know they're good, but you don't need to sh- you don't need to sh- uh, think it in your mind. Go show it with your. Your bats and your gloves. Yeah, and don't don't let down, guys. I mean, a lot of the deepest water you've already you've already taken strokes in. Don't let some of these weaker teams now jump up and bite you. Absolutely, we appreciate it. Scott Barry. If uh, you missed that interview, you can go back and listen to us on demand. Super Talk Dead FM later on today, or catch us in podcast form: iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. That'll wrap it up tomorrow. Bob will be, or today, Bob will be back tomorrow. And as always, we'll catch you tomorrow, same time. Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.